Hey guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. Another week, another episode. How are we all doing? I feel like I'm doing pretty good, largely because the weather here is so much nicer. It has gotten warm. Spring has sprung. Thank goodness. I am so happy that there is not a ton of snow, that it is not freezing cold. I am just crossing my fingers that this is going to stay and that we are not going to head back into a deep tundra. It can really be hit or miss here in the Midwest, even though it's March. Let's get into some new things with me. This past weekend, my boyfriend's brother moved into a new apartment. Very exciting. I went to go see it. It's a really nice place. I would say I helped him move in, but I really didn't. I basically just sat there and gave some directional advice on where I thought furniture should be placed. I personally think that I have some good advice on how to spatially align things in an apartment, but I don't know if he stuck with any of the things I said or not. But that was fun. Something kind of different to do. Other than that, I did something kind of exciting for this podcast by popular demand. Not that popular, but you know, some people wanted it. I made a typically peachy What's Good playlist on Spotify with all of the recommended songs that I have given to you guys over the past episodes. And I am going to continue to add to it as I put more songs on it. And this will just be a great place for all of those songs to live. If you want to refer back to them, if you miss an episode, but you still want to know what the songs are that I recommended, this is just going to be a nice, good, easy way to house them all for you guys. I listened to it back and it's really an eclectic mix of songs. I really love that. I hope that you guys do too. Again, the playlist is called Typically Peachy, What's Good, and it's on Spotify. All right, let's get into what's hot because we have a lot of content to cover. I'm very excited to cover it all. Let's start with Oprah Winfrey interview with Meghan and Harry. That is hot right now. People have been talking about it. There has been so much anticipation leading up to this interview, and it finally happened this past Sunday. My initial thoughts. First and foremost, I felt like at the beginning of this interview, they should have given some definitions of some terms. What the institution is, what the firm is, differentiating that between them and the family. I just felt like there were a lot of things that were being talked about that was not necessarily clear from the get-go, especially if you're not very involved with the royal family, if you don't keep up with it all the time. I just felt like it would have been good in the beginning if they covered this is what this means, these are the people involved. My next thoughts, I felt like a lot of the questions that were asked towards Megan, most of Megan's answers were that of, Harry told me this. This is the information that I got from Harry, which obviously people are probably communicating way more with Harry than with Megan. But I kind of just felt like a lot of those questions should have been asked towards the both of them because there were some questions that Oprah asked Megan that I would have rather had Harry answer. Another thing that I felt about this interview is that it did not go as in-depth as I would have liked it to. I think that was kind of to be expected. Anytime you have people that say that they're going to give this huge exclusive on something, especially if it involves a royal family, it involves a lot of family secrets. I mean, this monarchy, there's so much to unpack with it that I feel like if you are not in it, you will never fully understand. But I just felt like a lot of it in the interview was being talked about in general terms and not in specific of things that were happening. I mean, we did get a little bit of insight, but not a ton. So those are my initial high-level thoughts about the interview. Now let's get into more of the nitty-gritty. They started off by saying that nothing is off-limits, that she wasn't being paid for the interview. I thought that was super interesting to address, especially the paid portion of that. 
because I think a lot of people are now seeing Harry and Meghan as these money grabbers. They even mentioned that towards the end of the interview about what they thought about people responding to them being on streaming services and doing all these big deals and doing these interviews now. And I think that they kind of have to defend their name and say, okay, yeah, we're doing all of these things. But like they explained, a big majority of the reason they're doing that is because they're cut off financially from the royal family, which I thought was very interesting to learn about. I also thought the conversation surrounding the fact that Meghan didn't do any research prior to entering into this family, to entering into this monarchy, that she really just went into it completely naive, that she almost felt like the royals had the same symbolism as celebrities in the United States. And that kind of is where I feel like she went all wrong. I personally feel like if you're going to be so ingrained in somebody else's culture and somebody else's family, especially in such a public sphere, but even if it's not to the public, you should be very, very well informed. The fact that she didn't know at all what she was in store for is kind of crazy to me. Obviously, a lot is going to come after the fact. You're not going to know everything. But to really make it seem like she was being blindsided by the role that she was going to play in this family is very interesting to me. I did not think that that is how she viewed this at all. I did not realize how naive to the situation she was. And I think that that in and of itself probably made it a lot harder for her in the long run. In the interview, they also spoke about her relationship with Kate. If you have followed Meghan entering into the royal family, you would know that Kate and Meghan, the tabloids, have portrayed them as having this very contentious relationship that Meghan had apparently made Kate cry. Meghan actually debunked this in the interview, saying that it was the exact opposite. Kate had made Meghan cry about a flower girl dress at the wedding. She said that they seemed to want a narrative of a hero versus a villain, Kate being the hero, Megan being the villain. This to me was such an integral part of the interview and kind of this entire storyline. One, because Megan said that this was kind of the downfall of it all. This is when she realized, okay, I'm really not going to be accepted into this family because they're not protecting me when all of this was happening, even though the family knew the truth. They didn't say anything. They didn't back Megan up. They just let this narrative flow. They let Megan take on this villainized role. This is something that I want to dissect because I think that it is way more than just the monarchy wanting to villainize her. I believe that it had a lot to do with the public perception of an American who believes monarchy to be synonymous to celebrity marrying into the royal family. To the public, William and Kate was the modern love story that had been accepted. That's the one. Kate was the one that wasn't a monarch. She wasn't a princess. She was quote-unquote a commoner, even though she did come from wealth. But that story was the love story. Meghan coming in with Harry, having this be at the forefront now... I don't think that's what the public wanted. And because the tabloids and the monarchy have such a symbiotic relationship, they need each other. They speak about that in the documentary too. Public perception is going to influence the monarchy. How much they want to help you, how much they want to support you, how much they want to give you security is going to go hand in hand with how the public views you, how those tabloids are writing about you. And they do speak about having a positive relationship with the queen. But that's the thing is that that doesn't seem to be enough. It's not just the family. But also there seems to be a lot of contention between Harry and his father. Harry and his brother are patching things up. But that doesn't seem to be in a very positive spot right now either. And basically this whole interview was to give the explanation of why. 
why they left, why they did what they did, if they regretted doing what they did, if they regretted leaving the monarchy, starting their life on their own. And I think the overall message was no, they don't regret leaving because the reason for leaving ultimately was that they did not feel like they were being supported by the royal family. Megan was going through incredibly hard times mentally. She felt like she didn't have a will to live anymore. This was while she was pregnant with Archie. Apparently, there were conversations within the monarchy about how dark their baby would be and what that would look like and mean like for the monarchy, which is a whole nother level of very deep biases. Like, that's crazy. They're talking about their child, a child that is a direct descendant of the monarchy. He is in the line to even have that question of what is going to happen if this child looks different than all the rest of us. That is wild. This child is part of the family. In case you didn't know, that thought process, that question, is wrong. From that respect, it is completely understandable why Harry and Meghan would be fearful of their child's security. If this family is going to think of this kid differently than them, automatically you're going to have an us versus them within this family dynamic. Security in the sense of actually being protected, which the monarchy said they were taking away security from Meghan, Harry, Archie, any other kids because they were no longer under the royal family umbrella. And then figuratively, just not feeling at all secure in the support from their family, not feeling like anybody understood what they were going through. Apparently, it was very much of a we all went through this you have to go through this too situation. And I think the interview was really trying to show us how bad it was. And maybe as time goes on, we will get more. Who knows? I definitely do not. But I think it was a good first glimpse. I'm glad that it came out. I'm glad that they finally spoke about it. And last point of news from the interview, Megan and Harry are having a girl. So Archie gets a little sister. And then the actual, actual last thing I want to say about this, I swear once I say it, I'll be done. I think we just have to remember that this is one side of the story. This is Meghan and Harry's account of everything that happened. That's not to say that it's incorrect. It's just 100% their truth. I definitely believe that everything that happened for them, this is 100% how they feel about it. All of this stuff was so real for them. And some of the blatant things that were said or done, I think we can all agree those things are completely wrong. I would also just say, though, that I would love to hear from the royal family. And it's a huge bummer because we never will. The royal family is never going to do a sit-down interview with Oprah like Meghan and Harry did. It's never going to happen. They're never going to expose secrets. They're never going to give us insight like this. That's why this is actually such a unique experience in history to actually be able to hear from two people that are on the inside or I guess that were on the inside. But also, that's where I think Meghan and Harry have that advantage because who's going to say anything different than them? They're going to speak their truths. The monarchy is going to stay silent. I know that Queen Elizabeth already made a statement saying that she was going to look into some of the things that Harry and Meghan called out further, which absolutely she should. I want her to spill the tea as well. Can you imagine if Queen Elizabeth just laid it all out there on the line for everybody to see? That transparency, that's what I'm looking for. Again, never going to happen. But at least Harry and Meghan got to say what they needed to say. And now everybody in the world can formulate their own opinion about it, like everybody is currently doing now. But I am all talked out from that royal news. That's it for me there. Let's get into our celebrity news. In the United States, Gigi Hadid returns to the runway in a Versace show as a redhead. 
She just had a baby. She looks incredible, as always, obviously. She's a freaking mom boss now, strutting down the runway. And what a cool, inspirational thing when that kid grows up to be able to see your mom rocking out like that right after they gave birth to you. Like, superwoman energy. (laughs) Next up on What's Hot, following all of the space excitement that I talked to you guys about last week, The first space hotel is scheduled to open in 2027. It is called Voyager Station. It's set to be built by Orbital Assembly Corporation, a construction company run by former pilot John Blinkow, who also headed up the Gateway Foundation. Blinkow states, We're trying to make the public realize that this golden age of space travel is just around the corner. It's coming. It's coming fast. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. You guys already know how much I love space. This hotel is described as being similar to Earth hotels with out-of-this-world views. Bars and restaurants and showers will also still be included, but they're also going to have novelty space food like freeze-dried ice cream. Sign me up, please. I love this. I love this. I love this. So how does it work? This station rotates, pushing the contents of the station out to the perimeter of the station, much in a way that you can spin a bucket of water. The water pushes out into the bucket and stays in place. This is all coming from the creator, okay? I'm not making this stuff up. Near the center of the station, there's no artificial gravity, but as you move down the outside of the station, the feeling of gravity increases. Very science-driven, very smart. I love when I read this stuff. I get so hopeful that there are so many intelligent people in the world. I know what you're all thinking. Let's talk cost. The team at Voyager Station are hoping to make the cost of this similar to a cruise or a trip to Disneyland. We can only dream, okay? I will be hopeful if it is anything similar to a cruise or Disneyland. Disneyland is not outwardly expensive. I feel like Disney World is more expensive. So wow, closer to Disneyland or a cruise? Count me in. All right, let's get into what's good. Here are the products for you guys this week. First off, Instagram ads got me again. I got a cute sweatshirt from Motel Rocks. That's the brand. The sweatshirt says cowgirl on it. It's in a brown color. Again, that color is so in right now. If you guys are going to get it, that sweatshirt runs so oversized. So make sure that you're getting your actual size. And if you want it oversized, like don't size up is my point. Just get your actual size and it will be oversized on you already. Next up for what's good, green nails for spring. I just got my nails done. I got the cutest green color. It's trending right now. The green nails. Get them done. Match with me. It'll be cute. All right. Next up for what's good. More content to consume. Billie Eilish. The world's a little blurry on Apple TV. It's over two hours, so it's way longer than most documentaries are. But I have to say, I really liked this one. I tend to like all the documentaries like this. You guys know that. I would have preferred it to be a little bit shorter. But I will say, I feel like they hit on a lot of those really great points that you love to see in a documentary like this. I loved the sentiment that she doesn't think of her fans as fans, but more of a part of her. And I don't know what it is, but Billie Eilish just seems incredibly genuine to me. I think it's that she's so vulnerable, so open with her struggles that it makes it a little bit easier to believe everything that she says. So I believe her when she says that. I love the relationship with her parents and her brother. I think that the relationship with her parents and this documentary in general reminds us how young Billie Eilish is. 
She was 17 when she made that album. She is still so young, and you need that kind of support in your life if you're that young. I mean, it's a really nice thing to have anytime, but when you are that young trying to navigate through this industry, blowing up so much like she did so fast, you need that support there. I also love how focused they were on showing the collaborative process between her and her brother. She really could not have made this album without Phineas. Like, he wrote a lot of those songs. He pushed her through in the most calm way possible. He is the most even-keeled guy and patient and understanding and loving towards his sister. I loved their relationship. I love when siblings get along that well when they're just so close because I can really relate to that, and it was just really great to see. I think that it was also really important for them to show her struggles with mental health because she is so open about it. And to really show her notebook, show her drawing, show her words about what she's struggling with. I'm sure that a lot of people can relate. So it's great to see in somebody that's so huge that even if they do reach this level of fame and celebrity, they still have real world problems. They still have a necessity and a want to be loved by the public which is so apparent in this too. Even the little nuances, like when Phineas and Billy were writing something and they played it for their parents and their parents are comparing it to another song and they're like, people that aren't songwriters do that all the time. They compare songs and you can see them both getting frustrated by that comparison. Or also in another scene when they performed for like two people and they didn't clap for them and Phineas and Billy had a discussion like, why didn't they clap for us? It's just little things like that that you can tell they need that praise. They need that constant feeling of we're on the right track, we're doing something great, we're doing something amazing here. And I think that a lot of artists struggle with that, struggle with that constant need for praise. And I think that that can be very hard on your mental health. Like, obviously, especially the comparison game. I give all of these artists so much credit for just being able to keep their head above water at all times. It seems so incredibly hard. I also saw that Coachella performance that they show in the documentary, and people definitely were frustrated that she came on late, but after she performed, nobody remembered because they were so hyped on the performance. So what they were saying to her about not getting so in her head about it was true. Like, people do genuinely, if they love the music, they're not caught up in the show of it all. They just love the music, which I think is an important message. And then lastly about this documentary, I just have to say, I loved seeing how she reacted to Justin Bieber. It's crazy to see someone as huge as Billie Eilish be such a fan of somebody else. What her brother Phineas said is so true, that Billie knows what it feels like to be in Justin Bieber's position and how much that love from fans means to him because she's felt the exact same thing with her fans. So just that switch up of somebody else so famous loving another insanely famous person, it makes Billie Eilish seem even newer to the game unfazed by the fact that she's so big that there are people even bigger than her even though in reality is there her celebrity is insane now but she still sees herself in a different way which i think is super cool the documentary was really good definitely check it out if you have two hours to spare if not i basically gave you guys a recap so there you go Next up, two songs which, by the way, have been added to the Spotify playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good, Till Forever Falls Apart by Ash and Phineas, little homage to Phineas there, and the next song, How It Is by Walk Off the Earth. Walk Off the Earth, fun fact, I went to their concert years ago, and I was the winner of a ukulele. They gave it to me, I was up in front, and they gave me a ukulele signed by all of them, 
such an amazing moment in my life. I still have that ukulele to this day. Both of these songs were very new, released last Friday. I really like them both. Check them out in my playlist, nice and easy. All right, let's wrap this podcast up with need to know basis. The topic this week is going against the grain. I got inspiration from Meghan and Harry going against the monarchy, doing something different in their life. Now I have to say one thing, there is a great song called Against the Grain that I was going to put in with songs, but then I had remembered that I had given that song an honorable mention as one of my favorite songs. So I added that to the playlist, but it is not an official recommendation for this episode, even though it would have fit perfectly. So I just had to throw that out there and give it a little bit of a shout out. But okay, back to this topic. Going against the grain of society, of your peers, of yourself sometimes, do something different because it's something that you want. It's okay that it's different. It's okay if it's not the same as everybody else. It's okay if no one near you is doing anything even remotely similar to what you're doing. You're not meant to do what everybody else is doing. If it's right for you, it is the right thing to do. The reason that I'm even bringing this up at all, the reason I feel like this topic is important at all to talk about is because I feel like nowadays it's almost hard to be different because we are all searching for sameness. We want to be around people with similar views, similar hobbies, similar interests because it makes us feel comfortable. It makes us feel safe. Figuring out what you like apart from everybody else is so important for us to understand who we truly are. Who we are as individuals. That difference in thought and friends and surroundings is what makes our lives so much more complete. We need to stop trying to homogenize every single thing in our lives. It's okay to not be the same. Sameness drowns out a lot of opinions, a lot of different thought processes, a lot of individuality. There is a lot of negative that can come with sameness And I know that sometimes it feels like the easiest route to do what everybody else is doing, but we're all so different at our core. We all have different interests and opinions. Sometimes it's hard to step out of your circle. Sometimes it's hard to step out of the norm of what everybody's doing. But once you do, you can really find certain things about yourself that you would never find if you stayed within that circle. If you dress the same as other people, if you had the same conversations with like-minded people, If you read the same books, if you play the same games, if you do the same activities over and over again, you're not challenging yourself in any kind of way to figure out what's best for you, what you actually want in this life. We only get one life, and maybe this sounds like a little too inspirational or whatever, but we really should be doing the most with our lives. Every single day, we should really be thinking about what do I want to do? Is what I'm doing right for me or right for the person sitting next to me? because likely it's not going to be the same for both of you. So just make sure to challenge yourself to go against the grain sometimes, to just really ask yourself the question, am I living my own life? Take that very deep one with you going into the weekend. I just gave you guys a lot of content to consume. If you have not yet consumed these two things, they are available to watch, to stream. The Billie Eilish one is on Apple TV. And if you want to watch the Meghan and Harry interview and you haven't yet, That one, I believe, is now going to be on Paramount+, Plus, which is a new streaming player in the game, CBS and Paramount's streaming service. Very exciting stuff all around. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week. I hope that this weekend brings some good music, some good food, some good company. Don't forget to check in on your loved ones. Make sure everyone's doing okay. 
drink your water, eat your fruit, and don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. Bye.